Hello everyone, and welcome to It Is In Us Now, It Is In U.S. Now, a podcast that encourages independent deep thought, inner reflection, positive vibration, benevolent opinion, self-discovery awareness and awakening, selfless intent, self-reliant research, the freedom to express and experience, and the proliferation of insightful constructive gems of information. I am your host, Gil C., bringing you this podcast from the ever-awakening U.S. of America, and am so grateful to have you join us on this episode number 39. Well, I do have to say thank you all for tuning in today. I am uh, truly beside myself at how quickly time has gotten away from me. First of all, I do want to say pardon if I sound slightly nasally. Lately, the allergens in the air have been a little bit Um, confining, controlling, or overwhelming. At first, I thought I was going to be um, kind of, you know, immune to it as the first two days of their infiltrating the atmosphere, I was fine, but then found myself subject to their, you know, shenanigans (laughs) just as of yesterday. So hopefully I don't sneeze or cough in your ear. And if I do, please forgive me ahead of time. But anyway, so yeah, like I was saying, uh, it's been 11 days since the last podcast, and this is probably the uh, greatest amount of time between podcasts since season number two has started. But that's okay, because as these podcasts go, they have to come when they're meant to come. And although I had intended to podcast last week, there were just so many things going on, and now here I find myself delivering today. So it is kind of a special podcast because we are approaching our winter solstice. I did feel that that would be a very pertinent moment to take the time to podcast in alignment and accordance with my energy and how I was feeling as far as being up to podcasting. Quite a bit has gone on. I had actually had a short list of things to speak about in the last podcast, but seeing as we are where we are now, those things have been overshadowed. However, I will share some of those thoughts with you because, or rather, you know, I'll share the topics with you because we'll most likely speak about these in upcoming podcasts. But originally, I wanted to speak about uh, the Christ oil and celibacy, wanted to speak about honesty and theft, wanted to speak about um, empathic accelerations because they are coming. And actually, that one topic might tie into today's uh, conversation about the solstice. And then the last thing I wanted to speak about was, and it was kind of um, supposed to be a little bit of a, I guess, um, not comical, but um, I don't know. The topic was going to be love and desperation in a lusty world. Um, But, you know, I was going to touch on the side of humor um, because, you know, how us human beings can be when emotions come into play. But no, um, the solstice is probably going to be our main topic. And between the last podcast and now, uh, as I've mentioned, since so many things have happened, including um, an annual trek to watch the sunrise on the beach, um, 
I think those two topics are going to be my primary focus. So uh, we all know what the solstice is, but as far as the second topic is concerned, it's just basically going to be an anecdote. It's going to be uh, my uh, personal uh, viewpoints and on the experiences that uh, were, you know, that were had uh, going to the beach to watch, watch the sunrise this, uh, past weekend. Uh, yeah, so a lot has gone on I just, I keep saying it and I hope, you know, I'm not raising any kind of expectation, but there, uh, geez, I mean, I kind of feel like it was a good thing that I waited to do this podcast because the last podcast, um, some of my viewpoints and perceptions have changed almost to 180 degrees from where I was last week. And in that amount of time, I find that to be a rather interesting fact for myself. But uh, yeah, anyway, so as it goes, let us continue on to speak about the upcoming winter solstice. So, the winter solstice. First, let's talk about what the solstice is. Now, depending on the um, I guess hemisphere that you're living in, on this very fair planet that we call home, Gaia, Gaia, Earth, Earth, Homeland, Mother, etc., <laughs> beautiful one, um... And depending on the time of year, the solstice is basically the point at which said or given hemisphere is pointing towards or away from the sun. So the summer solstice would be a time when your particular hemisphere is facing or pointed closer to the sun, and the winter solstice would be the opposite. It would be when your given hemisphere is facing furthest away or angled furthest away from the sun. So here in the northern hemisphere, we are going into our winter solstice. So the sun is hitting the southern hemisphere more and thusly giving it more light during this period of the year, whereas in the northern hemisphere, we are getting less light and uh, there is, you know, there's just longer periods of darkness. This does not mean that because um, we're going into the solstice that on this given day, it's also going to be like the coldest, but it is absolutely the longest day with of, I guess, of darkness or without light. So the solstice hits us specifically um, on Friday, December 21st, and will be angled furthest away from the sun at exactly 4.23 p.m. Central Standard Time. So that's giving you the time zone that I'm in <laughs> here in the U.S. Uh, would that be like Chicago time or Texas time or, you know, any in that central standard time frame? Um, 
So that is the exact moment when the solstice. I mean, it, it's only for second, really, when this because time is going to still tick, and as time is still ticking, you know, the sun is still moving, and etc., etc., etc. And I mean, the Earth is still moving, right? Well, and actually, we're all still moving, but the Earth is still, you know, doing its thing. But um, that's the exact given instant when the uh, the sun will be the furthest away from us angularly, uh, I, I, however you want to, orbitally, I guess, however you want to um, say it. Uh, and uh, the longest day with no light, I believe that we will only have like nine hours and 20 something minutes worth of sunlight on that day, as opposed to like the normal like 12-ish hours of sunlight. So that's basically what the solstice is. Um, in my... <sighs> In my research, because remember, everything that I do is I just look and peruse for information on these topics and then I kind of interpret what they mean to me and then I speak about them. So, yes, opinion based, you know, I, I again strongly encourage the self reliant research, um, which is why, again, I don't ever give my, my resources because I feel like if I were to do that, you wouldn't go look. <laughs> so, um, I was wanting in my research, my, my endeavor was to find out, um, kind of like the significance of what this could mean when one thinks on a, an eclectic level, on an ethereal level, on a metaphysical level, on a spiritual level, because I greatly believe for all of the physical aspects of this life, there is something behind it that we need to pay a deeper attention to. It's kind of like the idea of uh, someone harboring a disease. Um, I feel as though there is always an emotional root that is the cause and that one only becomes aware of the issue once it physically manifests on the body. So, I mean, and not to put this whole idea into a, like, a very brooding or uh, Debbie Downer kind of way, but just as a way of example, whatever goes on physically, there's got to be something significant behind it that we don't see on that physical level. So I look for the significance and how others interpret this information, because there are people who are studied in topics like astrology, and other things that I think give us a deeper grasp on these events that occur in our life. So, uh, of course, one of the first things that I, I stumble on is like the the uh, literal breakdown of the word. So solstice is uh, from the Latin word solstium, solstitum, solstitium, <laughs> pardon me. We'll chalk that up to the allergies. Um, of course, the first part of the word soul meaning sun and statium meaning stop. So literally when you put these two words together, what do you got? You have the sun stops or the sun appears to stop. So basically, um, that's kind of where that is rooted in. Not that the sun stops per se, but it's the idea that there is less light given at that period of time, or more light, um, more light in one hemisphere, you would think the sun has stopped. 
in that hemisphere and it's giving you lots of light less light in one hemisphere and you think the sun is stopped because there's more darkness so again that's also up to perception and interpretation um but more or less that's where that comes from and if someone down the line is very good with latin word parts and wants to correct me then i'm all ears come and teach me but um that's my understanding of what that is so things that i read about the significance of this occurrence is it's it's basically to embrace the idea that um you know even though we are in this longer period of darkness um it's to embrace the idea of the darkness and what it could entail for us if we're looking at it from a learning perspective um darkness brings stillness darkness tends to bring silence uh, and we're encouraged to embrace that aspect of the darkness to go into ourselves this is not to say that there is not light but i think it's more about carrying the light inside of us you know and having the faith that the light inside of us will come out after this period of time i mean going from autumn to winter autumn is about you know reaping the seed reaping what's sown um it's about polishing off the harvest you know whether you want to take this into a metaphorical sense or a spiritual sense or even a physical sense if that is what your life course is and pertains to um i think more so someone in that circumstance or, or or life path would have a greater appreciation of understanding um from a physical aspect of autumn to winter uh they would have a greater understanding to put this into a metaphorical sense into a spiritual sense you know we spend autumn preparing for winter well we spend that time period from the equinox to the solstice preparing for this kind of moratorium or this like slow down of action on our part to um to hibernate and go into an introspection uh that's really what this is about um and you also have to think like uh the reason why this really does become a time for contemplation you know i guess i i want to draw it into metaphoricals because when i think of winter i think about how life comes through death you know with the passing of a year you know i'm thinking of the word passing like you one would think in the passing of someone or something physically or you know not something but um it's a time that we want to manifest a sense of hope in knowing that what's coming after the quote unquote dead season you know is a rebirth of life so it's a time for contemplation yes it's a time for reflection uh one word that i i read quite unanimously from resource to resource to resource was the term quietude 
which I, I think I want to honestly say is probably one of the first times I've encountered this word. And it was like one of those things where um, you kind of see it once and then you see it all the time when it's been drawn to your attention. And it was like article after article, you know, blog after blog, website after website, that word kept po- uh, popping up. Um but it's a sense of going within. So it's really drawing within what, uh, what, and, and, and figuring out and realizing what our accomplishments have been up to this point in the year. Cause we're at the end of the year and the end of the year is marked by the dead season. Right. So it's kind of like we're cocooning to see how the upcoming year is going to manifest itself. Um, but it's preparing for uh, and learning from, you know, learning from the lessons of the prior year, celebrating the successes of the prior year, and preparing and planning for things to come uh, in the following year. And, and really another idea that I kept coming across was the idea of not just planning, but realizing what it is that we want for the upcoming year. It, it's about putting out those thoughts and those um, desires for manifestation of, of where we see ourselves in the next year. What can we do to solidify what we need or want in the upcoming year, I think is probably a, a good way to term it. How can we prepare? You know, how can we uh, plan and strategize to accomplish how we see our upcoming year? Um, is it going to be all in thought or is there something that we can literally or physically do? I mean, the idea of winter again is hibernation, uh, and and uh, a lack of active movement um you know i was reading about how when you look at animals you know they tend to hibernate and just go into a state of rest and um that's from an instinctual aspect but then when you look at humans especially in the northern hemisphere or not just especially but i say especially because we're going into the season that is supposed to be for rest and reflection, but the way society has created our existence at this given moment is to be in a frenzy of buying and commercialism. And I'm not saying there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but stop and look at where the priorities have been placed and where priorities have been taken. Uh, we really should use the time that nature has given us naturally to rest and to rejuvenate for the upcoming spring or the upcoming rebirth. Um, and some of us have become so swayed to it. I mean, but now you go down to like the southern hemisphere where they're getting more sun and their commercial time of the year is in the heat you know um which spring you know is about activity and being out there and you know just celebrating life in that full aspect celebrating that you know life was created through death um in that metaphorical sense but i mean so much so in this hemisphere i mean you have you have a country like america 
um, which is probably one of the greatest countries of this time, simply because of the beliefs that were instilled into the founders to create something like the Constitution. Um, unalienable rights is is the phrase that sticks out in my mind when I think about that. And you don't have that in every country, yet somehow, some way, the people of this country were inadvertently taken down to a level where they could not actually acclimate to what they were given and instead were sent in another direction. Uh, Now, of course, that is changing, and I don't want to get too off topic from the solstice, but it's just the idea that, um, you know, we need to find a way back to these natural wonders that were given to us, you know, and if this period of time is truly about reflection and planning and, um, you know, preparing for what's to come in the future, we should take advantage of that. You know, it's a time period where depending on where you are as a human being and where you are on your path and learning on your path, you know, you you may sleep more, you may sleep less, you may eat more, you may eat less, you know, it's going to be different for everybody. It's, we all reconcile it differently, and we all go into that grace differently. Um, but the whole period, this whole period of time going into this dark period, um, this period where we have less light and more stillness, um, was definitely used as a transition to gain a footing for what's to come once spring hits. Um, So that kind of leads me to my next topic. So this morning, amongst my friends, my circle, my family, we were having conversations about um, just the energy that we were feeling for the day. Uh, It had come across to me since yesterday that something was feeling, I don't want to say it was necessarily feeling off, but something was just feeling awry, I guess. I remember, um, I remember if not just yesterday, but two days before that one day I woke up, I was heading to my daily job and um, everything just felt very cacophonous. Everything was loud. Everything was just... I think that was Monday. Yeah, it was the day after we'd come back from our trip. Everything was just, like, kind of booming. It was like my senses were all over the place. And then fast forward to yesterday, and everything just seemed so quiet. And so... Not desolate, but it, there was just this big absence. Absence. <laughs> I want to say absent. <laughs> there was just this big... Something was missing. There was like this big... There was this huge amount of like inactivity. And I felt like I was in a ghost town for like, you know, minutes uh, at that moment. And then to this morning and I just felt like there was a weird presence about some of the people I was encountering um, on my daily journey to work and um, so really ups and downs in the energies and I'm learning a little bit more about like 
truly how other energies are affecting. Uh, not that I have no, I've unknowingly, unknowingly fallen onto perceptions of like how people who are more in tuned to energy and who are more empathic may react towards something like a solar flare, you know, any given solar flare, even though we haven't really had one since November, um, or just other energies in the atmosphere. Um, and that could be something that I and, and, and those in my group have been very sensitive to, which I'm, I'm starting to feel is the case. But, um, upon talking about this with my friends, like, I wanted to find out what the effects of this solstice would be. And I told them too, like, maybe this is the, cause I was intending to podcast this yesterday, but I was uh, telling them that maybe this is the reason why I didn't podcast this yesterday because I was, I wasn't really ready to talk about it. I hadn't gotten the full scope. Well, upon researching the effects of, of the solstice, I didn't really find anything that was like, when you read about like a full moon and how they can affect the emotions in, in any given way, right? Um, what I did find out though was some information on what this particular solstice is for us as a human race. Um, especially going into this year, uh, we talked about the 1111 doorway and how this was truly an 1111 year because numerologically speaking, the year 2018 adds to 11, so November 11, 2018 really is 11, 11, 11. And when you look at it numerologically, you don't reduce the number 11 as it is a master number, which is repeated twice um, in its given sequence. So 1 and 1, 11, 2 and 2, 22, 3 and 3, 33. Um, and uh, what I found particular about this year. Uh, there were a lot of people out there who come from different walks in life um, and different studies and backgrounds who all had the same feeling that like um, as a race, as um, a race, as a planetary race, that those of us who are here on Earth have gotten to a point where um, we've surpassed an expectation to a degree, uh, having seen this planet go through so many changes and having so many civilizations evolve and come to their flourishments just to come to a demise. Uh, and, and the thing about those civilizations is that as advanced and far advanced compared to us at this given point as they were, there was a level of spirituality that n didn't necessarily sync up to where they were at that physical moment. Uh, so as advanced as these civilizations were, they were never able to penetrate the veil enough to unite both sides of their being. I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like as less advanced as we are, we are at the right level where now that we've hit this 
point of energy where we have the ability to open a spiritual side of ourselves that we didn't realize was there. The level of our technology and our physical and um, civilized growth cannot overpower the spiritual aspect so it would it's right now it's just a matter of unifying those two that is for me um what i read from them was that this solstice energy is it's about one of awakening the sense of unity in humanity um, I'm trying to come to grips with how these prior civilizations were not able to do that. And I, what I really think is like it's a mind over matter issue. So we are coming to this point in our evolution as a race, as a human race, where we are now able to tap into the unrefined and dormant aspects of our DNA that will open up and open abilities and, and, and doorways to experience an evolution that we hadn't seen prior, or if we had seen in prior civilization was overrun by ego or by something that was a little bit more dark. Because the point is they didn't get to where we're at. Like they didn't get to our 2012 point and survive they got to their 2012 point and had a demise. We got to our 2012 point and we kept going. Um, and I'm using that in a very like, you know, uh, in an analogy. I mean, I'm not, I mean, obviously they're older. So their 2012 was in our 2012. It may have been like, I don't know. I don't, I don't even want to know. <laughs> I'm not going to analogize that far back, but um, I'm just trying to put it into a term that, I will understand and hopefully you will understand there was a great precipice for every civilization but we came to that precipice and we kept going um, there was enough energy on this planet that raised levels that hadn't been met before for as unadvanced as we were in prior civilizations. I hope that's making sense. But this solstice energy is supposed to be the energy that unlocks that potential, you know, through unity amongst all of us as humans. Like, it's so powerful that one act of kindness can change everybody at that given instant and help the whole world kind of come together and realize that we are one. And it makes me wonder, like, how it may happen. It may happen in a way that no one expects. It may happen in a way that's so shocking that we have have to see and recognize. I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know how, it, how that particular event will take place. But the energy that's present now is about unification, it's about letting go of any differences that we might have and separations that we might have and kind of just coming together. It's definitely about forgiveness. And 
I, I had a discussion with someone in my group about forgiveness and mercy. And I kept saying they're, they're one in the same. Mercy is forgiveness. And my friend kept arguing that no, they weren't. They weren't the same. But then I thought about it. If someone is being merciful... It's almost like they don't have to forgive. If someone does me wrong, forgiveness is mercy because if I'm forgiving, I'm being merciful. I mean, I don't know. I just felt so powerful about this thought. Um, Showing forgiveness is showing mercy because you're releasing that person of guilt. You're releasing that person of that... um, malevolent accountability Uh, mercy is a very powerful thing Um, but we understand forgiveness so it's really about letting things go and letting those who may have crossed you know that they have been relinquished of that guilt and and to that aspect, when I think about guilt, like if you really want an idea of how to tell who's living with things like that, I've I feel like I've narrowed it down to looking at people physically. Uh, when I see someone physically who may be in more of a dire, you know, existence or something. Uh, you can always tell that something is going on with someone based on them, their physical health because everything is rooted emotionally. I tend to feel like people who live with guilt deteriorate or look more lackluster or more, um, not overwhelmed, but they look more subdued. Um, if you are someone who has not forgiven another I just ask that you consider it. Um, If not for showing mercy to the other person, but for you, because forgiving is letting go, is releasing a heavy energy that you do not need. Um, And it's unifying. Uh, When you can forgive a person, you can... uh, you can become more with that individual. You can uh, connect more with that individual. There's no longer a wall. There's no longer anything that's um, blocking you from allowing your energies to at least uh, intermingle, intermix, or or come together. Uh, it's a really, really, really an amazing thing. I feel like forgiveness and laughter are probably two of the most powerfulest medicines that the soul can feel because I don't know, they just make you feel beautiful. Anyways, ugh, my allergies. <laughs> um yeah. So the only other thing that I want to talk about with this solstice 
is that we have a full moon coming right after it. So the full moon, um, I think it had a name like the cold moon or something to that effect. Um, what I found to be very interesting is that the next time that a full moon and a solstice will occur together is going to be in the year 2094. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I plan to be around then. <laughs> that will make me 112 years old, 111 years old, I think. Yeah, it'll make me 111 years old if I see when that happens. Um, so I guess I have a life goal to work towards, right? Um, yeah, so all I want to say about that is like in combination with the energy that this full moon, I mean, that the solstice is bringing in combination with what we want to utilize this solstice with, um, it's about planning, about preparing, about seeing where we want to be in the next year. Well, the full moon and the full moon energy is about getting rid of things that we do not want. And um, you want to meditate and focus on things you want to get out of your life. So that is the full moon. Is it wanes? Yeah, as the full moon wanes and goes to the new moon, it takes that out of your life, energetically speaking, and clears a path for the release clears a path for whatever you want out gone okay not to say that it's going to happen between full moon and new moon but the energy is focused so that there is that trigger i guess it you know metaphorically spiritually you know uh, uh, speaking so it's almost like a perfect combination um here we are you know planning for the future and what we want well as i read like what's the best way to like figure out what you want you figure out what you don't need so we can truly utilize the energy of both uh events the full moon and the solstice to kind of assist in removing whatever doesn't serve us, whether it's a habit, um, whether it's something physical, you know, whether, I mean, it could be anything. It could be a train of thought. It could be a way of thinking. It could be a habit. It could be an addiction. It could be something physical, you know, uh, it could be, uh, it could be the reckoning of, of a job, you know, like, uh, I really realize I don't, love want or need this job so help me find something better and you know you've started the thought process and sent the energy in that direction and and perhaps you ask that something manifests for you by spring or use the winter to kind of prepare for that use a full moon to rid yourself of things that do not serve you and that's all I have to say about that. So, 
this last segment for tonight is really more of a reflective and it's about a tradition that I have carried out for well would be 14 years but is 13 uh, and I say I because of everybody in the group I have truly been the one who's been to every single one whereas others may have missed one or two years give or take I mean I don't really count nor do I remember every instance that someone was present but I know that for my part with the exception of last year have always attended this yearly annual tradition and um Last year it was circumstantial. No one went on this little journey because there was a flu epidemic in our area and everyone was very, very sick. So the tradition is that uh, every year for the past 14 years, uh, myself and other family, friends, loved ones... Or anyone, really. I mean, it started with whoever was able to go would go, regardless of who they were in my life. Um, But it has greatly grown to the important people or significant people of my life. Now I say the family in my life, because that's what it's really grown to. But um, the tradition was to go and watch the sunrise on the beach on Christmas morning. So for the first 12 or 13, this could possibly be year 15. I don't know. I guess I just, we don't keep track, but we've deduced it somewhere between like 13 and 15 years now. (laughs) Um, It, it was to go and it's gotta be 14. I want to say I was 21 when this started. So Uh, You do the math on how old you think I am. (laughs) And I will say it's all faux. Um, But no. um, I guess it has a lot to do with the fact that I grew up in a very non-traditional family as far as families are concerned when it comes to the holiday time. Um, I didn't grow up celebrating Christmas. And... um, therefore on Christmas morning didn't really have to be with family per se. So one year after being out and about, I guess at a club or whatever young, I guess whatever young irresponsible people do when they become of age to drink, uh, decided that hey, let's go watch the sunrise on the beach. And um, that year it was four of us, my brother and I, and two friends who are distant or not friends anymore, I guess, went. And after that, my brother and I kept the tradition up, you know, slowly incorporating and inviting others who would then continue the trek and journey with us every year. And it turned into what we have today. And this year I went with 
seven other, no, was it seven, two, four, six, six other individuals. Um, four of which I greatly consider my family. One of which is becoming like family. And then the last one just kind of happened along. <laughs> um, which is okay because that really kept the tradition of anyone's invited who can go or wants to go, you know, or needs to get away. I mean, that one individual truly brought the journey full circle in the sense of people going at the spur of the moment. I remember one year there was a friend who, I mean literally like went home to celebrate Christmas Eve and then jet <laughs> you know came out of her house hopped the fence and jet <laughs> with us to go to Corpus that year and that was I mean every year it's it's been really good so this is a reflective of that and every year of course there is um there's a aspect to the trip that's very it's very, it's got a very spiritual aspect, especially for me. I mean, the, the reverence of seeing that sun rise over an ocean of water, being in nature and by a highly conductive energy source and um, knowing what I know and about energy and focus and intent. Uh, this year was a very interesting year though um i after coming out of a retrograde and um the planetary grouping and after going through a lot of questions internally about energy and the intent of people I had started questioning the intent of some of those closest to me and I don't feel like it was unsanctioned because I know that with an understanding of power and ability there's always the chance that it could be misguided. So even though I have the utmost trust and faith in those closest around me, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to let my guard down or um, that I'm going to be so naive as to think that any one of us can be susceptible to a misguided use of our intentions. So I had been struggling with that. Not struggling, but it had... Struggle is too much of a word because that's not what was happening. But from the point that it became very apparent to me that the energy of the psychic vampire was in my presence because of 
it's like I said on one podcast, if there is one around, there are others who are looking to not be found. And um, by finding one, it made me realize that there have to be others, whether it's intentional or not. Uh, There are those who need the energy of others to sustain themselves or to um, keep themselves in a place that makes them comfortable. And again, in my group, I have the utmost faith in those around me. I I wouldn't dare think they would utilize my energy for their own means. I mean, they can't. (laughs) They just can't. They can think they can. Not, Not just... I mean, I'm not talking about they, about my group. I'm saying they, people in general. Whoever does that may think they can use my energy in a selfish way, but they can't. It's going to backfire ultimately, or something is going to happen that will not allow them to continue, and it'll be very apparent. But that was one of the things that I was coming to terms with um, as this day approached. And really, I didn't know how it was going to happen this year because obviously Christmas is not here. And normally this trek is held on Christmas morning. But it felt appropriate that it came early because we had missed last year as a group, as a whole. Um, And... It happened very organically. Um, Everybody was just kind of available to go. And I felt like it needed to happen at this given moment. Um, So I'm very grateful for that opportunity that we were all able to make it. There was one in the group that I had hoped would make it who didn't make it. But again, everything happens for a reason. And at this given moment in my life, I understand that who was there was intended to be there. And I accept that. Now, the trip itself was very interesting. It started off on an interesting note. Um, that morning, I lost one of my fur babies. <laughs> Um, my dear Griselda passed away from complications of an infection. I didn't have the means to help her get well. Um, but I, I feel like I was able to make her comfortable. Um, up to that point, uh, she waited to pass until I woke up. And was able to say good morning. And then I think within 30 minutes, she was gone. Um, I also feel like her passing was a big part of this journey. Because it definitely opened me up to be more sensitive and emotional about the experience and it helped me to see past some of the um, 
hesitation that I had when I was considering the energies of those around me and the energies of what was going on around me at that given moment and um, or for that day or for the week because all of this had been building up um, and really it has happened since I had that podcast where I talked about the experience of of the intent of people and their energy and that's where all of this is spurned from these conversations on selfless intent and selfishness and things of that nature and and really at the root of it I'm talking about how we can be of service to one another and benefit one another as opposed to just looking out for ourselves so I feel like it all happened within the scope of its, you know, intended course. And um, I just went with it, you know. So I hot soaked that morning, did a meditation, was meditating a lot for a lot that morning. Um, And then on the flip side, I found out a lot happened to some of the people in my group. Um, just in taking that journey, I learned about some of the obstacles that they went through and found that it was very heartening to know that they made it a point to go regardless of what was going on in their lives. It showed not only integrity but strength and courage and desire to be present in the energy that was going to be there Um, we had a great time I mean we got to our destination um, the evening before we hung out we had dinner together we laughed um we went out and karaoke'd, we sang, we laughed. Um, we had a great time. Uh, one of my friends and I stayed up all morning playing Uno and talking and getting just enough sleep to get up to watch the sunrise. And the morning in particular was very interesting. Um, we were out there above the water. We weren't on a dock. We were on a slab of concrete. It was probably about, at the most, two feet wide. (laughs) And it jetted out over the water. Probably a good... Oh my goodness. uh, God, I, I, I don't know. It was 30, 40, 50 feet. It jetted out over the water pretty far. And, um... You know, to see the sun rise from that point of view where you practically feel like you're in the water but above it and uh, just watching it you know just watching it glisten over the ocean and seeing the water turn all of these magnificent colors you know um, silvers and golds and turquoise and magentas and just so many dynamic colors as it's rising over the water 
and uh, the power of it all, the energy. I know what I was feeling when I was out there. I I can't really speak for the others, but the majesty of, of what I observed and experienced is always breathtaking to me. Um, and every year when I go, the those feelings in that image of the experience is something that I always hold on to and utilize, you know, in my meditations, in my um, thoughts, in my intentions, you know, that benevolency, that that, like I said, that majesty is just wonderful. Um, and through all the laughing and all of the um, heartfelt, like, revelry, we had a very, very interesting moment <laughs> that same morning. Um, so we were probably up around 6.15 or so, uh, me and two of my friends were out on the beach probably close to 6.30 and the sun uh, reached its its peak of rising around 7.10 to 7.15 so after that, you know, in my true tradition tradition, uh, had my bottle of champagne (laughs) we went you know, up to back up to the hotel area and sat on um on their uh not patio but it was on their uh geez I'm at a loss for description. Anyways, we were sitting out there in their guest area. It was um I keep thinking of what I want to say but I can't say it. But anyways as we were sitting out there um I mean we were just we were having a good time and we were laughing and joking and being loud and probably obnoxious to those who were out at that point in the morning. Um, (laughs) There were a lot of running jokes that morning and me and my friends were really loud (laughs) and we are not necessarily the most politically correct of groups. Of course, we can be that way around each other because we understand each other and we get each other and no one is so sensitive to get butt hurt. But something occurred that morning that kind of surprised me and I think it surprised those in my group. Well, Tommy, (laughs) as the joke went that morning, um... Off to the left of us, a ways down on the beach, there was an individual who was obviously going through a few things that morning that we were not aware of. And at a given point, this individual decided to approach us. And it's the way that we were approached and how it was resolved that startled us. This person was angry. Um, ravenous, ravenous, ravenously angry. I mean, so angry that he was throwing chairs, hopping fences, and ultimately throwing rocks 
in our direction. And, um, of course, my first thought was, I don't want to be hit by a rock. Um, and I think the thought of the other group was like, you know, they were, you know, our group is a very strong believer of the second amendment. Let's just put it that way. So there was protection present. Um, so I think there was a sense of safety to a degree, you know, in, in some of the group, my thought was like gun or no gun. I don't want to get hit by a rock. So I started to walk away to find a way out of that situation where most of the group stayed within their space. And, um, well, I guess who does this individual decide to go after? I mean, I don't know if it was circumstantial. I don't know. Maybe in hindsight, I was drawing him away from the group. I was wearing a brightly colored beanie, so maybe he just saw me. I don't know. Um, or maybe just his path and my path happened to cross at the right point to where I became the closest of the group for him to confront. Um, but for as angry and outraged and incensed as this individual was, the moment that we locked eyes, he put down the rocks and started apologizing and started explaining his actions and why he was upset. And um, it was very, very clear to me that this person was under the influence of some very, very strong drugs, uh, street drugs, obviously. And um, I mean, he was very erratic. It was, it was so crazy that he just stopped. I mean, he, it was like he saw something and he recoiled and stopped. And I really don't think anyone was expecting that to happen, let alone me. And, and I have to say, like, I was not afraid when he, the point came that he was approach I felt like oh well I guess I guess this is going to happen like I have nowhere to go he's right in front of me you know and um he eventually started saying that you know talking about Jesus and this and this and that and I that last podcast we talked about Jesus and Christ qualities, right? He had a cross dangling from his necklace. And I told him, yeah, I, I noticed that you're wearing a cross. And the one thing that I was thinking is like, the way you're behaving is not like how Jesus would act. And um, it was just so weird. He just totally totally stopped you know it was like seeing a rabid dog 
becomes subservient. I mean, even for mere moments, like it happened really kind of fast. And, you know, after a given point, my friends were like, come on, let's just walk away. Let's just go now. Like he's he's put the rocks down. So like now's the time to like take our leave. So we all kind of just left and uh, left him outside of, of the hotel. And um, I think he started up after we were away. Like, I, of course, we weren't going to hang around to find out. But there were other people out there, you know, probably a good 10 yards down the path. I don't know if he went after them afterwards. But this man was just... It was definitely an experience, you know, to go from watching this gorgeous, like, sunrise that meant everything to dealing with this human who was not in his right frame of mind, and then to being confronted with something that, I don't know, like, I had faith that nothing was going to happen. Like, even when I was trying to find a way out to leave, it wasn't out of fear. I just didn't want to get hit by a rock. (laughs) That's all it was. Like, I wasn't afraid of him. I never felt fear in my heart or in my being. I just felt like I just don't want to be here. And so I was looking for a way to leave. And, um... And, of course, he came after me, right? Um, And, again, it was one of those things where it was, like, it was intended to happen that way. Even, I don't, you don't think about things like that when it's happening, but it happens that way. And it feels like, I don't know, if he had gone to the group as opposed to me, what would have happened? You know, if my friend had to exercise his Second Amendment right and pull utilize the gun what would have happened you know i mean there's so much going on with that particular topic in our society right now and lord knows if that person who came after us had not been a citizen what would have happened like it would have been scandalous you know, in, in many regards, and I'm not trying to be topically topical or political, or I'm not trying to bring any of those notions into this conversation about this experience that this, that we had as a group, but what would have happened, you know, if he had decided to go up the deck, that's the word I was looking for earlier. If he decided to go up the deck on one side, as opposed to the side that I was on, what would have happened i it's just i'm beside myself you know and almost to the point i almost immediately stopped thinking about it um i've gotten very good about letting things go and and some people would say like are you suppressing things and i'm like no um i don't feel like it's suppression because i It's not, I feel like when a person suppresses something, it's out of kind of like a shell shock or it's out of, um, of a survival mode or instinct. But like when, for me, when I forget quote unquote, or don't think about a past experience, 
I feel like it's because I've learned what I need to learn from it and it's not serving me anymore. So why hold on to it? It's not to say that I won't remember, but it's to say that it's going to take me a little bit longer to pull that or draw that memory back to the surface. And to that note, my friend, one of my friends in the group that I've known for a very long time told me, you know, that's not the first time that that's happened. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, that's not the first time that someone has aggressively approached you, us, in a group where you were able to just stifle that emotion with a word or a look or a glare. And um, I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, I couldn't and I can't still pinpoint when the else that happened. But I know it's happened. I feel like, and I told him too, is like maybe it was when we were... I said it had to have happened more. That had to have happened more than t- like years ago because I don't remember off the bat. But I do recall that sense of like relief slash like dumbfoundedness that a situation which by all means and purposes could have escalated to a point that was detrimental to everybody didn't. And I was right at the forefront of stopping it in some form. I don't know. It's so weird. Um, The fun thing about the trip was like that didn't stop. That experience didn't stop or bring the group down at all. It totally... um, It totally, I don't know if it made us feel like the trip was intended to happen per se, but we were definitely still on our, like, game or on our, we were still, we were still there for the purpose of being there as a group and together and having this experience together and sharing it. I know no one in the group will ever forget what happened that morning. I really know this is going to be something that we'll always remember. And maybe 10 years down the road, I'll stop another occurrence and I'll be like, oh yeah, I did that 10 years ago. And then 20 years ago before that. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, It's a wonderful thing though. Um, when lower negative energy cannot bring you down, um, that fear base, it has no presence, has, ha, holds no air in my presence. I think it's a wonderful thing. So our trip ended with, um, I don't know, uh, a good breakfast which incidentally we how so weird it's like we were all reaping these benefits you know we got discounts at breakfast uh one of the friends in the group treated us to a very nice hotel room that was right off the beach so we didn't have to 
drive anywhere to watch the sunrise. All we had to do was walk out, you know, of the hotel. Um, it was just a really great time. Um, you know, I encourage people to have traditions, uh, even traditions that are not regular by other people's standards or, you know, circumstances or experiences, just because, um, it really draws something, you know, it, there, it takes an effort to build friendships. Um, I don't know many people who can say, like, that they have, like, true to heart friends. They might have husbands, wives, lovers, boyfriends, girlfriends. But even then, as not to say this, but to say this is shallow as some of those relationships are, can a person really say like that individual is a true friend to them? You know, in a world where pleasure has become such an such a sought out after like and compromising like expectation in a relationship can an individual really say that who they lie with is a true friend um i know that my true friends I'm, it just, it takes work. It's a relationship, you know, and when you find those people, you need to work at it, work with it and, and keep and sustain it. Um, that's, that's what it takes, you know, and, and just to go back to the beginning when I was saying, like, I was having thoughts about the intentions of people, you know, I discovered a few things on this trip about those around me. Um, there was even more brought to the forefront. And there are still a few things that I want to speak with them about, you know, different individuals in the group. Um, but these people in my life are so willing to listen to me and to accept how I feel and what I think. And that's worth more than anything I can say in the world. Um, it's more, yeah, I mean, it's worth way more. And uh, I think this experience just further solidified that I'm with the right people at this moment in my life. And that was the trip. That was the experience. Alrighty, my friends, that's going to wrap up today's podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for bearing with me again. Allergies and whatnot. And that last segment was greatly unscripted. Uh, and um, I don't know. I felt like I was just in strong reflections. So I hope I 
got everything across without sounding either scattered or subdued <laughs> but I feel like a little bit of both may have come out um, either way um, very very grateful again to have you listening uh, giving me this opportunity to express what I um, I feel inside because even though this is an opinion based podcast I'm definitely speaking from the heart and when I find the research that I present it's always something that resonates from within that I bring forth so thank you for your listening ears your light hearts and your open minds until the next podcast love peace joy patience compassion mercy abundance gratitude harmony faith it is in you it is in me it is in us now